Hello, welcome to What's the Tea? He's Archer the Edgy. And she's Nick Jew. What's up? Cut the damn music. This don't make no goddamn sense. I'm so angry with you. Me? I am furious. Fuck did I do? Love is Blind Brazil. Oh, bitch. (laughs) Bitch. I am so furious. When he told that, when he told Jill Scott to go tell the other girl that he was in love with her, I was... Bitch. I gave up the ghost. Let me tell you. I so they didn't have all the episodes out when I started watching it. Um and so I finished what was out and then went back and tried to watch the first season. Um the voice casting has definitely had an upgrade from season 2 from 1 to 2. It's had an upgrade? Yes. <laughs> yes. So imagine like okay so uh, this is what I feel. Because when I, feel. I tell you this that some I of feel. those voices <laughs> were think, deeply offensive. I think they nailed it on the black couple. I feel like they nailed yes, it. On on them, yes. But that, that older man with the locks, why did he sound like this? Did you but did you hear his actual voice? He did sound like that. <laughs> I think okay, first of all, let me tell you what don't make no goddamn sense. Uh the way that man saw that lady and was like, it's not going to be me, bruh. (laughs) (laughs) How rude. How awful. Like, why would you go on a show like that if you were that shallow and superficial? I think it's also too, like, I'm, part of me is really curious about, and listen, I'm a cancer with a Scorpio moon it takes me about 2.3 seconds to have to be all off in love with somebody and ready to, ready to like give my life away. Baby. However, yeah. I'm not going on no show where the premise is I have to propose to someone yeah. in 9 days or less without meeting them. Yeah. Nah. Good and and I still don't think that the show knows what it wants to be because if you're going to put like, is the point to put conventionally attractive people there and have them take that part of themselves away and then have to be their true selves and see if that works? Is it is it the point to put some people who are not necessarily conventionally attractive in with people who are conventionally? Like, I don't know if the show knows what it wants to be. I also absolutely, especially after finishing the, um, I know I was late, but like the third American season, mm-hmm. I'm now like fully on my horse that part of the, the like third part of the journey before like the honeymoon to the wedding needs mm-hmm. to be, needs to be uh, couples therapy. Uh, they ha- they should like what they do with married at first sight. They should give them a team of of people like from from the minute they get back out of like play world into real world because like for me the thing that feels so frustrating is like watching these couples that you know aren't gonna say i they're not gonna say yes so like why even do that like just just don't even waste like it i feel like it's it's so much better because like Obviously, I don't think a show like this is meant to be aspirational, but what we don't, we don't, like, what people, I guess, know but aren't really considering is that, like, weddings are really fucking expensive, and it is so much better for you to, like, call off the wedding than to, like, do the wedding and be like, nah, I'm not doing this. Like, Mm -hmm. it would be so much better for them to, like, come to that decision not in the moment. Like, you shouldn't be making a decision, like, do I want to marry this person in the moment? Mhm 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 like it's it, the proposal like it's the whole argument about the fucking bullshit of the sanctity of marriage shit that people try to in and all of these dating shows why do it got to be marriage you know what i'm saying like the the um bachelor bachelorettes or whatever you why don't you just at the end be like i choose you to do whatever this is and then you could do a special in three months or whatever when they do uh propose you know like it's a cash cow you could follow them throughout their whole journey but this whole or even like will you like will you marry me at the end of the season yeah 
Yeah, but that's what they do on The Bachelor Bachelorette. And then they go live their real life together and they're like, I hate you. Yeah, correct. Um, so Love is Blind Brazil is just, they show sex. Not like in a pornographic way, but in the way that they used to show it on the real world. Where it was yeah, like, under the dark, sheets. Dark, under the sheets. Um, the interesting thing, so obviously I'm... Uh, ignorant American. I've never really left the country except for that time I went to Mexico before you needed a passport to go. I don't know a ton about other cultures just on a surface level. The most interesting thing to me was that women proposed and it was normal. Yeah. Even on season one, a couple of the women actually proposed. And I don't know if this is a show thing or a Brazilian thing, but they both wore a ring. Um, in the engagement. I kind of love that. On their right hand. Oh, interesting. And everybody knew about their astrological charts and nobody was calling anybody crazy for like believing in it. Right. Which I think is great. Yeah. It was like a a heavy topic of conversation and men and women both were like, Oh, I'm, it, and and their rising sign was very important, which I, it, it's the thing that frustrates me so much. Everybody's like, oh, you a Gemini. Like, yes, but the thing that, that it makes me me is my moon sign and my rising sign. Correct. And my Venus of how I behave in relationships. The sun sign doesn't really tell you all that much Everything. about you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, my personality is actually not fully determined by when my parents fucked in the back of a car. Right. It's a combination of your whole thing. Um, But yet, there are some things that I do that are very Gemini. There are some things that you do that are very Cancer. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but also everybody was like, and your ascendant and your rising sign like that, that's what they wanted to get to the T was like, what is your rising sign? Right. Exactly. Which is, you know, great. Um, I also, the racial dynamics were very interesting to me because very um, into Western. the black Brazilians were very much like, I'm black. I'm here to meet black people. I, except for the one girl who was like, I don't think that he knows that I'm black. And she, and the voiceover that they were giving Tamara was very Courtney Kardashian, which worked for me. Correct. Correct. And then William and what her name? Don't even, don't do that. Veronica. The lady, Veronica and I loved them. I was rooting for them. And then William yeah. came out his face with that colorist bullshit in front of two dark skinned women. So stupid. Disgusting. So stupid. But it was interesting because there were like plus size women in there who were like, do they know I'm fat? Do they know I'm fat and black? Yeah, I I, I feel like because Brazil is less of a, um, is more sort of like socioculturally homogenous, I Mm. feel like uh, Brazil could absorb that kind of like, um, rigorous sort of like debate in a way that America absolutely is not in any position to be able to deal with mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. At all. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because a lot of times you see like Afro Latinos basically not wanting to be black and these Afro Brazilians. Except, like, except when it's time to sing nigga in a song. Or say it to your black boyfriend who's been doing you dirty um, <laughs> um but but it, seemingly all of them were like oh no i am black i am black i'm black i'm black and um the only person who had they were like vandy milan i'm a black girl i'm a black girl i'm a black girl <laughs> so tamara and i do not remember her man's name girl me neither bruno not bruno bruno was the one we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, uh, interesting because I want to talk about reality TV show and there's somebody named Bruno on the show that I want to talk about. Um, but she was like, oh, I don't think he knows that I'm black. 
and it wasn't really an issue for him like at all and then when she was coming to meet his family she, she thought maybe because he didn't say anything about mm-hmm. how she looked or anything and his sister was just like I imagine her to be blonde and then like Tamara comes around the corner and everybody's like oh my god she's so pretty we love her so like it I know that there is racism because hello um everywhere on earth, definitely racism in Brazil. <laughs> yeah. everywhere on earth people don't mm-hmm. like black people but it seemed to be in every situation where there was a little bit of concern there was no concern it was it wasn't like 12 days of christmas where it was like right. I, can't, I can't i can't bring you home we don't share a comb <laughs> oh i love black people if, if you can't use your comb don't bring them don't home bring them home <laughs> Um, so I'm going to finish it probably this week, but I was really rooting for William and Veronica, and now Moi I don't know see. that I am. Yeah, Moi I'll see. Also, where do I uh, sign up to do this work, this voiceover work? <laughs> because, this is, this is, I'm made for this. The way they had to, like, match the crying, I was like, this, oh. this is a... This is a crime against humanity. The crying and the laughter. Uh, but I'm saying, when they mm. nail it, they fucking nail it. When they it. nail it, they fucking nail it. I also did myself a favor and watched one episode with the subtitles. With the subtitles, the, yeah. Without the dub, just so I could get a feel for everybody's real voice. And they're very close. They're ve- like They really have the spirit of some of these people. But some of the actors are doing the work. Right. And some of them are are reading the paper. Correct, correct. My friend Lori was like, just turn the fucking subtitle, the dubbing off. And I was like, no, "No, why would I do that? Why would I do that? Because I'm addicted to my phone and I'm doing shit around the house. I cannot be sitting here for eight hours (laughs) reading. I am am passively listening to this at best. Right. I can't be reading, bitch. (laughs) Okay, so the real world. Oh Lord. I um because I am in a depressive episode, I am leaning on comfort watches to get me through. And uh Hulu has two seasons of the real world on it, San Francisco mm-hmm. and season 30, which was back to Chicago, which was skeletons. Uh. Um I ate through San Francisco in one day and I will not even go on Rachel Campos or whatever her last name is now you know, I don't know. to see what a horrible person she was is uh, but it, what stood out to me given the farce that is going on in the government right now how 30 years ago Democrats and Republicans could still be friends but just be like, we fundamentally disagree about some shit. Right. Because Judd, who categorized himself as a bleeding heart liberal, had like a crush on Rachel. Like, could have dated this person. Who well, was- I mean, your penis and your politics rarely. True, but if you're if you're really serious about your political beliefs, I don't understand how you like make a life with somebody who is like diametrically opposed to those beliefs. That's true. And I also, I, I, part of me also wonders like how much of that is like people thinking that like, Oh, I could change that. Yeah. <laughs> let me just, let me just dig them down right quick. And then well, I'll have them uh, voting in the right box. But she also was like conservative, but also mm-hmm. like getting tattoos and piercings. Right, yeah, she but she was like a virgin and it was just very interesting to watch because I like cut my teeth on those first 10 seasons of the real world and I remember seeing this and being like, "Oh my god, you know, like this is revolutionary. It changed the world." This is the third season. It was San Francisco. I knew where they were, like shit yeah. like that. And 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 the thing that I walk away with as a person who is like twice as old as most of the people in that house at that time is how young Pedro was. Yeah. But also like so mature beyond, I think he was like 22. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Um, And how like he chose to use his last days 
being of service to people and racial, (laughs) 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 which is how he said her name. And I think it's perfect. Who purported herself to be a Christian. We didn't see any of her good works at all. She went to church, but like, and maybe they didn't show it. But she didn't like feed the poor, <laughs> right? Or like do a beach cleanup, or not even a beach cleanup, girl. <laughs> like a homeless outreach or whatever. Like all she did was judge people. And yeah, like, that's her- that's 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 not one of the Ten Commandments, baby. Right. And it was interesting to see in contrast her the impact that this person must have had on her life and how 30 years later she is a vile, like Fox news correspondent. I mean, yeah, I, so then season 30, which I had never seen before was back to Chicago. And I remember that I didn't watch the real world for a really long time And then I popped in on, I think it was like the third Vegas because there was a kid from my parents' hometown on there. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this. And then I think I watched like the next one or two seasons. But like, remember, I don't know if you remember because a lot of us had stopped watching by this time. when MTV was like, okay, so what we're going to do is bring in people who fucking hate you (laughs) to live with you. Uh, no. So the first one they did was X's. It was called Explosion. Oh, Lord. And then, so they had two weeks to, like, live freely with their with their roommates. And then production was like, okay, so boom. And just brought in people's Not exes. okay, so boom, <laughs> Father God. Uh, and brought in people's exes one by one. But not like all at this, like the ex came and then whatever, and then they left. So this was Skeletons, which conceptually it fell flat for them for half of the cast. But for the people it did work for, it fucking worked. So they were there for two weeks. And then like midway through the first week, this girl Violetta gets a call from home saying that two girls that she hates are being interviewed by the show to come on. And so she, she got the scoop and she was just like, if this is the plan, like, no, take me to jail. (laughs) Not take me to jail. (laughs) Like it's called, I'll call the police on myself. Like, this is not a good idea. If you bring here who I think you're going to bring here, this shit is going to be fucked up. So the first person to come in was this girl, Sylvia's boss, from back home and like ex-friend who was spreading rumors about her, who would belittle her at work. And Sylvia had a temper issue. So they really thought Sylvia was going to instantly put hands on this girl. But Sylvia was like, bitch, I have a job at home to go (laughs) back to. So what I'm not about to do is beat my boss up. Right. But the way they did it was so fucking shady. They had her off doing a two hour interview her interview for the day or week or whatever and they brought this bitch in to the housemates and one of the girls was like oh my god hi new roommate new best friend oh my god hi and the other girl violetta was like nah 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 because we don't know who the fuck this bitch is and the rumors that i've heard the bitches they're bringing in for me are my fucking sworn enemies so i'm not about to be cool with this bitch until i hear sylvia say this her friend and then the more she thought about it and talked she was like no 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 no. i think you're the bitch that i've been hearing her talk about like fuck you um i'm throwing your shit in the trash like i'm not cool with you (laughs) (laughs) so then violetta's friends the girls that she thought were coming came and they ended up like squashing their beef which i think is probably what the producers ultimately wanted but what happened was every time one of the skeletons came in the roommates were putting hands on each other crazy and the worst one was this dude tony who had fucked okay so he had a girlfriend so remember this People would be like in a relationship with somebody they were in love with and got cast on the real world and be like, sorry, we have to break up so I can go fuck people on camera for four and a half months. 
Yeah. What was that logic? I mean, you're asking for logic where it doesn't exist. So. Like you can't, you can't go away for four and a half months and and not cheat. You had sex. <laughs> oh my god! So he broke up with a girl back home to come on the show. He had another ex girlfriend who they had been together off and on for nine years that he fucked right before he came on the show. And then he fucked one of the girls in the house. Absolutely not. The night after they had sex, they brought his current ex-girlfriend in the house. A day later, they brought his ex-ex-girlfriend house in the house. So he has the girl he just slept with in the house, his ex-girlfriend, and his ex-ex-girlfriend. And then this motherfucker was like, I don't really know what to do, so I'm just going to make out with a stranger bitch at the club tonight while they were all there. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, if you have Hulu, it's worth your time to go watch season 30 of The Real World. One of the dudes, his skeleton is that he have a baby on the way. Oh, wow. So this is just like the wild, wild west. One of the girls is bulimic. Oh. That's her skeleton. And one of the dudes calls her an anorexic bitch. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It is so dysfunctional. I feel like those people are owed money from MTV for the way that they set them up. Oh, my God. One of the girls has, like, a abusive relationship past. So every time somebody new is coming into the house, she's going into a panic, like, is it going to be the dude who beat on me? Oh, my God. It's awful, but also, like, high drama. Why they do that? Child. Anyway, what's the motherfucking tea? Um what's the what's the hold on, I need to look up the lyrics. Um <laughs> uh oh. Hold please. Uh-huh. Kendrick oh, no. lyrics. Uh-huh. Um great. So uh-huh. In the words of Summer Walker. Oh, God. I hate it here. Oh, God. (laughs) Baby daddy's still on my phone. I hate it here. Asking if I've been on the poll. I hate it here. Oh, wow. Um... Every uh we 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 thought it was supposed to be a new year. Um, what's all this old bullshit? What exactly bullshit are we discussing? We're discussing um and I'll get to my hey boo in a second, but that mess going on in Washington. Okay. I went to public school. State- <laughs> <laughs> I was state school educated. That's not true. I went to private school until the fifth grade, but before they taught us audits, I was state college education, but a California state college education. So not, you know. I'm not going to say that's as good as a a private school education about 35 states. I'm not going to say it now. I don't want to offend any of our lovely listeners, but not a bad place to go to to school. Correct. Um, I haven't been inside of a school in 23 years. So the shit that I know about our government, some of it I have retained. Some of it has long since gone away. This particular thing, I don't know that I ever learned. So, the Speaker of the House mm-hmm. is the majority leader. So I, the majority, yeah. go ahead. Conventionally, yes, but we were almost in a situation where the minority leader, leader was the Speaker of the House. But that majority comes from sheer number. It's not like who's heading the executive branch. No, it is, it is yes, correct, which is how we had uh, Paul Ryan as the Speaker during the last uh, few years of the Obama presidency. Oh. If I speak. Go ahead. It's your podcast. Uh, uh, the Speaker of the Housewives of D.C. Um, so. <laughs> yes, I wrote it down. The drama is that Kevin McCarthy. So how does one become nominated to be the speaker? Well, so usually they are. So in any whenever. 
there is a minority party and a majority party. The majority mm-hmm. party leader, like in the Senate, is the um, what the Senate majority leader. I was like, what the fuck? Like um, Chuck Schumer is the Senate majority leader, mm-hmm. um, and you know Turtle McTurtleson is the other one. Mm-hmm. So it, it it there's always a leader of the majority and the minority party in this two party system, and often the majority leader is elected the speaker of the house and the the conventional wisdom is and people tried to like you know uh not fundraise people tried to like get out the vote on this sort of fear campaign that Kevin McCarthy could be the speaker of the house if mm-hmm. if if democrats lost the house what we didn't well i did know actually is that that the party of which the party Kevin McCarthy is the quote unquote leader of is so wildly dysfunctional. It's like a fucking clown show. Girl. And like, it's full of self aggrandizers and people who are trying to suck up to that dude. And it's just, just like this process is, is really meant to be one of those like January 6th formalities. Mm-hmm. Like truly like the leader of the minority party, if they become the majority, that leader is like, it's almost a non, it's like a no brainer that they become speaker of the house. Like when Republic, when Democrats took back over the house in 2018, it was a no brainer that Nancy Pelosi was going to be speaker of the house. It was just like, yeah, of course. Like what? Yeah, of course. Because you have so much responsibility as the Speaker of the House. You control the legislative docket. You have to make sure that there are enough votes to get legislation passed. Like, it is, it's not a popularity contest. Like, I actually think the Speaker of the House has more to do than the President. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's why they're the third in line for the presidential succession. Like, it is a very, very difficult fucking job. Right. But, you know, it's also the least... There, there are the fewest barriers to entry to become a member of the House of Representatives. Like, you can be a fucking moron and over 25. You only have to be 25 to be in the House. So, you know, it's a clown show. It's, it's so embarrassing. Very much, so much embarrassed. And after fucking 14, 15 votes, I think, they finally elect. So, like, what... It, it was funny. The Republican Party is in disarray. Ha, 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 ha. But ben. after all that, what he had to concede to in order to get the votes should terrify every single one of us. And it. Because now it's going to just be obstruction, more, um, you know, stripping away of rights, introducing fuck-ass legislation. They've already removed the metal detectors. That isn't going to be, that isn't going to get passed because the Senate's not going to pass that shit and the president's going to veto it. So it's just basically a waste. Right. They want to introduce some fucking legislation about like the FBI being too involved in shit. Yeah. The the best joke for me was like, y'all knew Matt Gates wasn't going to let this get past 16. <sighs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Also, there was fisticuffs. Somebody tried to put hands on somebody. I know. Let them fight. It's very trailer park. It's so <laughs> trailer park. That's so ghetto. It's like... That's so ghetto. Well, that's Coming to fisticuffs not, in a suit. Yeah, I'm I'm no longer using the word ghetto publicly because it's trailer park. Because we're no longer going to denigrate the ghetto. We will not. Let's cross the street. Listen, I'm clutching my purse and I'm rolling up my window. I'm locking the door. It's meth. It's so meth. <laughs> that is a hot meth. <laughs> Where are the parents? Where are the fathers? That's what someone said. The white fathers are really out here in the streets at NASCAR games. They need to be raising their damn, their damn kids. Raise your kids. Two years since those people incited by their leader enacted a violent coup attempt. Two years. And no government official, well, like a high-ranking government official, has been held accountable legally. Uh, Publicly. What you mean? I feel like there have been lots of like, I, I'm, I'm holding out hope for what the January 6th committee was able to hand over to the Justice Department. 
But I think, yes, publicly there has been no, like, no accountability yet. Yet. Those people who were holding that vote hostage directly participated in that shit. I do not understand why anyone who voted against certifying the 2020 election after a job, especially after all that, like they came back bloody, bruised, terrified, and yet and still did not vote to certify the election. Yeah, no, it's... A a sitting president incited an angry mob to violently storm our Capitol. There were Confederate flags, feces, destruction of government property. And these motherfuckers stood up there and voted to not certify the election. That was the first time that a, a flag that was not the American flag had ever been flown in the Capitol, including during the Civil War. It's crazy to me. It is crazy to me how people are just like still working there after they participated in that shit. I know. Begged for pardons the next day. Yeah, I beg your pardon. Taylor Green, you ugly bitch, don't ever touch Jesse Jackson again. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? He was up there in a wheelchair, and this bitch, there's a picture of her hugging him. I'm if sorry, ever, what? If you ever. It's a no for me. Mangled, withering hands on that man again. It's a hell no for me. I decree that they will fall off. <laughs> you declare and decree. Yes, you disgusting, filthy abomination of a creature go directly to hell do not pass go do not collect two hundred dollars we have some feedback (laughs) i'm gonna play on my phone because (laughs) last week they played us to the 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 boo-boo the food and the editing that i had to do the way that i had to become a editor Producer, boo boo the fuck a fool. Filmmaker. I mean, you've been you've been up things already. Hi, Nick and Reggie. This is Katrina. I am calling from just over the pond, and I just finished listening to your first episode back for 2023. And I really just had to let y'all know how many times, how hard I was. <laughs> I can't say <think>. this episode. <laughs> I was doing uh, Regiana, Nick Jew, and three things in particular really uh, spoke to my soul. You, uh, Nick, talking about energy, both of you really, and about not wasting time on pointless things, pointless arguments, or things that are just not serving you. Um, and I have been there for a while with regard to social media, because part of what I do is sort of like study that for a living. Like I've literally did my PhD and something to do with this, but, um, also about other things that I just don't need to be involved in. Like, you know, sometimes it's family stuff. Like I don't need to be the one to decide that y'all don't have to involve me in this. I don't have to care about this thing it's not the end of the world um also saying no to things especially after saying yes consistently for so long and that shit still left you busted and disgusted or overtired lacking energy for the things that you love and for the people that you love and the understanding that, you know, the only one that's going to renew you is yourself. You can't give anything to anybody else if you ain't got it. Um, and for Reggie in particular, when you were saying how you were sometimes saying yes because you were fearful of what saying no would mean, like missing out on the next opportunity or missing out in general or what folks would think of you or you being left behind. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is me, this is me. And then I remembered something. Reginald is a damn Cancerian like me. (laughs) Hello, bro. (laughs) Lastly, 
the part we talked about relationships, and I can't remember if you were saying that you, you don't want to make people like a thief of joy or a thief of your joy because when they're calling and you're rolling your eyes, you don't want to talk to them because it's always something or it feels like a burden. It's feeling like work um, that, you know, you're not getting compensated for. It's not a joy. And that sometimes that extends to family relationships. And I Ooh, like, thank ever. you, Nick, for saying family in particular, because sometimes when you want to say that people get on you because they're like, but that's your family. And no matter what, it's like, no, sometimes people in your family make unreasonable. Uh, she had got cut off, but she did. Was preaching a word. Okay. Um, call back, but my phone is being a motherfucking dingling. So, <laughs> oh my, oh my God. <laughs> Preaching a word. Here we go. It's me again. Let me just finish what I was saying. I was almost done. Um, yeah, people, your family can sometimes make unre- unreasonable demands or you realize that they are never going to change no matter how many times you you talk to them about it, how many times you say, oh, this thing bothers me or I would like to change our dynamic. If you're the only one capable of changing, then the relationship itself is not going to change. So you have to Ooh. change your approach to the relationship. Um, and the only person in charge of maintaining those boundaries and managing yourself in relationship to the relationship is you. And you have to do what you <laughs> have to do even if um, – you know, it's not traditional. Um, but anyway, yeah, I would just like to thank you guys for those points. You have really come back strong. I wish you a healthy and happy 2023. Um, I hope that you can stick to not your resolutions, but your the things that you have decided upon for this year. I'm going to do my best, too. All right. Love listening to y'all, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Katrina. Girl, wish harder. (laughs) January got hands, bitch. January has fucking hands. Katrina, thank you so much for calling. Um, First of all, yes, you can sing. You have a lovely voice. Don't ever say that again. Um, Where across the pond are you calling us from? And thank you so much. Uh, Beautiful voicemail. Thank you so much. Uh, the, The conversation that we had about energy, that part where Reggie said, if you don't like tend to your own needs, you make other people like a thief yes i'm quoting oh, eon levanzant but yes oh yes and 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 the thing i saw i think it's mm in the city tweet like setting boundaries has my phone very dry and like yep um and sometimes there's going to be periods of isolation and whatever but um your 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 responsibility and your self-care and your self-love is so much more important than so many other things and like I love my family, but there's some shit going on that I'm very happy to be a country away from, <laughs> like, at this moment. Because Baby. I don't have the capacity for, for all of that and all of what I'm dealing with and going through. And I love my family to death, but there's just some shit that I just... My name is Paul, and that shit is between y'all. And I'm all the way over here. I can listen and comfort you to an extent. But at a certain point, I have to separate myself from that. And my my shit ain't your first responsibility. So I'm I'm not, I'm not, no. My my shit got to be somebody's first responsibility. So it's mine. Yeah, it's, it's. It's so taxing and like it's not necessarily even people being like energy vampires or negative and a succubus, which they are sometimes. So people can be that, yes. But it's just that like I don't have a lot of anything and I have to preserve the little bit I have to like get out of bed in the morning most days. Baby, hold on. Let me see if I could um since since we playing shit on our phones and videos and, <laughs> and stuff, let me get the actual quote because I live by this shit. I send it to my mom. I send it to everybody. You ain't send it to me? Yes, I did. Child cheese. Here we go. Here we go. First. No, it's self food. It's self-fool. It's self-fool to be first, to be as good as possible to you, to take care of you, to keep you whole and healthy. That doesn't mean that you disregard everything and everyone, but you want to come with your cup full. You know, my cup runneth over. 
What comes out of the cup is for y'all. What's in the cup is mine. It's mine. That's okay. It. It's mine. That's it. It's the one of my favorite things that pastors will preach. Like I pray to to be financially blessed so I can be a blessing to Correct. other people. Like, yes, I want money to be able to like pay my bills and have some overflow to have some fun and do nice things, but I want the overflow so I can give. Right. Who turn around and preach to the congregation? Well, I'm wounded. If, okay. <laughs> Cause if the cup ain't full, then then baby, then both of us are struggling struggling and then like I got a ration to give to you I'm already rationing to survive baby and and I think that there's this like without me getting too deep into it because I don't want to cry no more today you have to a little bit be um like everything is is uh temporary and Part of it is giving grace for people to go through their thing while you're going through your thing. And and a little bit of like me is a fatalist. A lot of me is a fatalist. I deal Oh my God. In, Hi, twin. Hey, best friend. Um, a lot of me deals in absolutes. Um, I speak with a lot of passion and authority. My words come out as very absolute. But because I am an air sign, that shit fluctuates for me. So the thing that I am like emphatically saying today... I'm rethinking it tomorrow. And it feels like I believe I still stand firmly on what I said. I believe what I said, but sometimes my perspective evolves. My shit changes. Like, do I think yesterday that I like five minutes ago, I called Marjorie Taylor green an abomination. Am I going to change my opinion on that? Probably. No, (laughs) no. Um, Am I going to regret maybe saying that on a public forum? No, but (laughs) That's between me and my God. I I firmly believe that there's a lot of theater going on in Washington at at the expense of actual people's lives, and I find it to be disgusting. So while y'all are over there playing games, people were probably not going to get paid for the month until y'all installed the new fucking government, you stupid bitches. Correct. It's a gang to y'all, but people's actual lives are in the balance here. While y'all fucking around, people can't afford to eat, to Correct. live. Rent are skyrocketing everywhere. There are so many empty units all over the place, but y'all want to charge $5,000 for a one bedroom. Correct. It's disgusting. And and then we have our actual president and vice president introducing legislation to fix our fucking infrastructure because shit is just falling down all over the country. But people are ignoring that. Correct. Capping insulin. The Republicans who voted against capping insulin at $35 for senior citizens. And they're the main, they the main ones with the constituents in they fucking districts and states who need the insulin caps. But you don't see that shit on Fox News or Newsmax. It's all about how the woke left is trying to turn everybody gay. We're already gay. Ain't no turning. Yeah. Also, like, tell that to Matt Schlapp. Who is that? Oh, <laughs> the one of the, like, CPAC leaders who uh, was stroking on niggas' dicks on the Herschel oh. Walker campaign. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't know what Matt Schlapp's official title is, but I think he's like a Hyatt person in CPAC. Oh, no. Um, and he did it to a staffer who is also married to a woman. Wow. Yeah, he's the, he's the, he's the chairman of the American Conservative Union. Yeah. Wow. You know. Been married for, been married for 21 years. A lot of that projection is an omission for them people. I know that you don't love her, but um, one I'm of like, my how many of people could this be? <laughs> one of my favorite, Candace Dillard Bassett Bassett Dillard. Oh, I'm come around on her a little bit. I've got there's been an evolution. Projection, projection. <laughs> I don't I don't believe her to be the queen of reeds like everybody else believes. Um, we're, we're talking mean, about. But... 
They're talking about how. Bitch, you call that girl a damn uh, Sesame Street character. She hit the nail on the motherfucking head on that one. Um, People are doing these icks on social media, and there was like a trend of housewife icks, and mine is the colorism discussion on Real Housewives of Potomac. I think that like colorism exists. Colorism is real. Intra-community colorism, also real and horrible. But I don't think that everything that is happening on the show is colorism. Was it colorism when Ashley was going after Robin and Giselle? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. But I feel like as a person who is perceived as light skin. (laughs) Um, ma'am. No, I'm going to be dead ass serious. And a lot of my friends make fun of me about this shit. I do not feel like I was raised with a light skin experience. 20 years ago, I was I was never a dark skinned person. I'm not going to get on this microphone and make that joke or yeah. play that game. Yeah, I've, I've, I grew You've up. You've been around, brown, but not yellow. Yeah, I grew up around yellow people and experienced bullying, which is the correct term for it, intra community, from those light skinned people. Like, put on this thick ass slab of sunblock so you don't get too black and stay out the sun and being called names because of my darker skin. Um, Correct. Same. As a grown up spending less time in the sun and whatever happens to your fucking melanin. Now people look at me and see a light skinned person. I don't, I don't identify with that experience growing up. I was a grown adult before anybody ever called me light skin. It happened to me on Twitter for the first time, maybe 10, 15 years ago. I'm not under any delusion that I'm a dark chocolate. I've not suffered. I've not whatever. And I understand, especially the conversations that people have about white privilege, you acknowledging your privilege does not negate the fact that it exists just like pretty privilege, but I'm speaking to you from my personal experience. I do not feel like I was raised in an environment where I was treated as a light skinned person. Yes. And often, especially in social media circles, what people say, what people actually mean when they call someone light skinned is they mean you are lighter than me. And I'm like, but you're not the arbiter of what, what that is. Because, like, if we're, again, we went to state school in California, so it's a decent education. There wasn't such thing as the paper bag test that, like, (laughs) lots of people who are called light skin on social media would fail. I'm failing the paper bag test. Correct. Even in the winter. But it's what is interesting to me is that the colorism conversation, the nuance that it lacks, includes regionalism. Correct. Correct. And there's also this thing where, like, people are calling people something passing. And I believe that passing requires participation. Colorism, on the other hand, does not require participation. So I am Correct. fully saying that, like, I don't have to be aware of preferential treatment in order to know that it, it, it exists. Correct. And especially um, with white people. I think that, like... Los Angeles and Hollywood as a representation of like media, they're hella fucking colorist. On the whole of a, as a Northern Californian, in my experience, black is black is black is black. Like you're yeah. black. Words of Andy Milan. Yeah, if you're a black girl, you're a black girl, you're a black girl. <laughs> but I, I think that the dis- what I'm saying is that the discussion of colorism ar- around that show it's just like, who are we accusing of being colorist? The ladies between each other? Is it bullying? Is it colorism? I don't know. But if, but why aren't we turning our ire towards the producers? Correct. They're I the mean, ones in charge of the preferential treatment and the images. I I feel like again, it we are in the danger zone of like people who don't know what the fuck the, a word means hearing it so many times they intuit a context yeah. and now we're about to get woke washed with the colorism discussion and yeah. that feels irritating as dog shit to me because there is a space for a discussion about colorism but, but i don't think it's the discussion that we're having about the show no because if if you should just be able to say that you don't like i mean 
any part like any of the characters i'm calling them characters i'm calling them characters i don't give a fuck you should be able to say that you don't like the character and separate that from you know like it just it's a much more nuanced question than anybody has the like then most people have the skills and then then and even more people have the time to have and i think that it's fair for wendy to say you can't if you're calling me aggressive as a dark-skinned woman, that's a loaded that, word. That brings a lot of things up for me. But I also think it's fair for Ashley to say, in my experience with you, it doesn't like we're all black here, but y'all don't see me as a black woman. But it also it should behoove Ashley to examine her unconscious bias. But also, Wendy is aggressive sometimes. But, period. But I think that, but I think an examination. So of that is Giselle. Like, so is Robin. That Wendy's aggression is a defense mechanism from being treated poorly, and it's like mm-hmm. it's like no, you know. I mean, like again, that's the next step in the in the adult version of this conversation that no one is having on Twitter.com. I just think that. There's a, a, a time and a place for a colorism discussion. I'm not saying that Real Housewives of the of Potomac is not a place for the discussion. I just wish we were but having not the, not the reunion and not with Andy or even yeah. fucking Nicki Minaj sitting at yeah. the center of the circle. I just wish we were having a, a different discussion. And I want I don't think that it's I don't need to hear light skinned women crying about anything. I want more <laughs> at all. Yeah, I just I want because I think that it's also like, oh, you you evil light skinned bitch. Like that's not great either. It's like the the skinny the, the shit that people make fun about skinny people. Like it's not great either. It's not the same thing. Yeah, but reverse oppression is not anti. It doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist. But there's I think that there's room to have conversations like about Ashley's blackness coming into question a lot. Like she don't even have a white mama and they'd be dragging her for being like a white woman. Like where would she learn that behavior from? Right. And she's very very close with her black relatives. We only see yeah. her with her black and she don't even She don't even know her white family. It's it's just interesting that she, like, Candace called her a uh, bed. But it's because she was married to a, because she was married to a white man and, like, a white man that they didn't like and a white man who behaved questionably. So it was like, you know that, you, you know that thing where people are like, oh, if I respected you, then I would treat you differently. But because I'm upset with you, it gives me carte blanche to behave like a monster. Right. Right. I mean, like, it's not cool to call her a bed winch. That's loaded. Too. Because you're essentially calling her a black woman. <laughs> Hello. But uh, Candace, I think that the attacks, excuse me, that are happening to her husband are disgusting. And I think that Giselle should um, be ashamed really of her be, damn self. She should be ashamed of herself and she should really be called to the carpet about the insinuation that Chris made her feel uncomfortable in like a sexual way. That's disgusting. 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 Um, yeah. All right. So, um, hey, boo. Um, I have a hey, boo, and I have an honorable mention. Um, sure. I obviously. Um, I could count the ways from A to Z, but my hey boo is Hakeem Sekou Jeffries. Um, back up off my boyfriend. Uh, make me bitch. I called him. <laughs> I called him like a year ago, baby. Don't do me <laughs> and my man. Uh, well, he represents my state, so you, whatever, bitch. I follow him on Instagram. We go uh, together. Yeah, I don't do that. He's married. Uh, He's married. What the fuck that got to do with right, me? With my happiness. Okay, I'm trying to be a sneak and a creep. Okay, shit. I don't. I don't need my voice anymore. I'm call me Alicia Keys. <laughs> um, but my honorable mention is uh, I went to see. You know, I'm a very serious theater person. Um, sure. But I went to see some very unserious theater last week. Uh-oh. This show, Titanic. Oh, no. Which is like a spoof of Titanic, and it's like about Celine Dion, and obviously- Oh, like, I love that. With Celine's health issues. Oh, like, my God. It turned- This show is not about her health issues <laughs> at all. Um, but like, with that, with that context of knowing that like, she's not performing anymore, like it was- My God. It was really funny, but I found myself like, weeping during the last 10 minutes of mm-hmm. it. Um, 
so if you're in or around New York City, go see Titanic because like sometimes it's okay to just laugh. I if you haven't heard, she has some disease that has a ridiculous name. Stiff person or stiff man, whatever, yeah. yeah. But it causes your your muscles to like atrophy in a way that you can't move and she's having issues performing and and singing and like my God, to have that gift like taken away. She's working with therapists and I'm sure she has the best doctors in the world and I and my heart goes out to her. And um it's just so, so terrible. It just sent me on a rabbit hole of like watching her old videos. And when Ugh. David when David Boster raised the key of all by myself in twenty like thirteen mm-hmm. years. Sorry, twenty-three years after Ooh. the original was re- was released, like and to see her kill that shit, like there is a moment in that song where I just want to never open my mouth and let breath come out in a song manner ever again in life where she's in right before the final chorus, that key change, the key fucking change. That's what like, I mean. Oh, oh, yeah. And then I watched a bunch of people like try to sing that note. Yeah, there's no way. It's just the, it's, it's the rasp, it's the control, it's the like, I think Calendria Jamika Clarkson could do it. She got a similar voice, vocal quality. But, but I the mean, thing. I mean, singers can do it, but like. Can, but, but not the way that's selling. Yeah. Selling. Uh, my hey boo is Damar Hamlin, who, uh, Ooh. Ooh, Jesus. Uh, so I was not watching the game. I don't watch American football, but. In the Monday night game uh, versus the Bengals, he suffered what appeared to be a cardiac arrest from impact. Um, I saw, I wish I didn't see the video of him collapsing and um, it just triggered me <laughs> in a hundred ways. Yeah, and he, of course. Was the, he was shocked twice on the field and given um, CPR for nine minutes. And if you've ever taken a CPR class, you know how long that is and how strenuous that is. And thank God they were very close to like one of the best hospitals in the region. And he was sent to the hospital in critical condition. They had him like in a medically induced coma, flipped him over to the other side on a ventilator. And he is conscious and awake and speaking. The next goal is to get him breathing on his own. Still I think they critical. did. So they took the tubes. They took the oh, tubes out. He's breathing on his own now. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, yep. I see that. Breathing on his own. Um, uh, my God. And uh, just the discussion about him coming back to football has been disgusting to me. Like coming back about? out of the hospital. Like right. What? He's Who 24 cares? years old. We just want him to live at this point. Fuck the game. And thank fuck the me. game. Fuck the fucking postseason. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Skip Bayless. Fuck, it, fuck, fuck, fuck it. it. Fuck Skip Bayless, who has always been a troll. And I don't know why everybody's like, Shannon, uh, Shannon knew who the fuck this man was when he signed up to work for him. And I don't want to hear any more about that shit. Um, but... They announced today that he was officially put on injured reserve the other day, which usually, based off of his contract, would mean a reduction in his salary. But the Bills have agreed to pay his full, full salary. So, yeah, they fucking better. Hey, boo. Hey, boo. Um, that's it. Like, we don't, I'm still not ready to meanwhile and shit. But, like, I um, want to say everybody's always like, check on your strong friends. And I have a note. Uh, strong friends, check in with your friends because um, I'm struggling and I just have to be clear about that with my friends. Like, I'm struggling. Period. (laughs) And I know other people are struggling. It's been a tough like, people die a lot in the new year. A lot of sick people hold on through the holidays and then they die. People are dying suddenly. Crazy shit is happening all over the world. If you are the strong friend and you're not okay, just let somebody know you're not okay. I mean, even if you're not the strong friend, like it, like, and 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 hopefully this is part of your evaluation of your friendships. But like, if you don't have the kind of friendships where you can reach out at one o'clock in the afternoon or three o'clock in the morning to like your people and be like, "Yeah, I'm having a rough, I'm having a rough go," like, yeah. 
you should feel the freedom in your friendships to be able to do that. Right. And I, if you don't have that, I wish that for you this year. But right. yeah. Ooh, and, I'm going through it. Jesus. And whether or not you want to discuss the details, it is nice to be able to have the kind of people to where you can say that and for them to be like, we can talk about it. We cannot talk about it. We can talk about something else. Um, I'm currently not in therapy right now. I'm, I'm on the verge of like texting my therapist, like, Hey, maybe, um, we need to talk, but I think that like, Hey, big head, Hey, big head, um, kind of struggling here, but I think that like, I'm not going to suffer long. There is just something about feeling your feelings. And I think what is happening with me right now has been like kind of repressing shit and just going through the motions. And right. now I'm actually sitting with my feelings. And so I'm processing, I'm going through some shit. I'm kind of struggling. Um, and I know other people are too. And I just want to say, if that is you, I, I hear you, I feel you. And please reach out to somebody if you feel like you can't, you can't do it alone. Yeah, because you, unlike Candor and Ebb, you don't actually have to do it alone. Ooh. All right. Well, my battery is running low, and we're um, out of time. So, hey, bitch, uh, me too. This is the day that the Lord has made. But not the... Amen. Bye. Bye.